The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. Reiki has been proven to bring you balance and peace, as well as improve your health. It's a healing method that works with other alternative methods, as well as conventional medical practices, to encourage and enhance personal healing on a number of levels. Now, to tell you more about Reiki and better health, here is Paula Vale. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of For the Love of Reiki. Paula Vale here. And today, I have Michael Emmanuel back with us. I have enjoyed him so much. And we are going to be talking about the power of trust. And Michael, I'm just going to kick us off with, tell us, trust is so valuable, but is so often absent from our life. Trust and when to trust. (laughs) <laughs> well, lovely to be back, Paula. That's, uh, it's so a lovely, welcome. it's an amazing topic. I think we're going to explore today. And, yes. Uh, yeah, I, I've just been so aware, particularly over the last year, with clients and dear friends, how how often this struggle with the idea of trust, and and how, as you say, how do you know when to trust, and it occurs to me so often uh, we just tr- trust has to be earned. It's not enforced. And growing up is probably it's at our early childhood that uh, we start to get compelled. Trust me, by people and some of whom we can trust and others we can't. But you know, it's natural. We're we're programmed to be compliant. It's in our DNA. We want to trust. So we want to believe people when they say trust us. And because it's always been that way, I think we get confused as to what trust really means. Some said, trust me, and we could. And some said, trust me, and they let us down. So how can I trust trust? And how do we go about now today, having arrived at this point, not quite sure whether to trust, how can we go about relearning trust? How do we go about trusting a situation and when to trust others? And in the work that I've been doing uh, with myself and with my clients, I realize how much trust really starts with trusting ourselves. And that's not an easy thing to learn for many people. Yes. Um, I don't know if you experience this in in your practice, but so many people are unsure that they even know themselves enough to trust themselves. Yes. And um, you know, in, I I as we've talked about before, I have two sides to my work. I, I work with Reiki, and I also help companies build strategies, company strategies, product strategies, and um, successful people, and work with. Uh, the venture capitalists. And the thing that I 
I know about these successful people is that when they're presented with data and they have their instinct, they can smell what's right and what's wrong. And they don't use data in the absence of their instinct. They use their instinct first, and then they look for the corroborating evidence. And that's how the innovation is made. If you just follow data, you will repeat something that's already happened, and you can hone that. But if you want to make a breakaway, you have to trust your instinct. And so how do we gain that confidence that they have to trust ourselves? If we break down where that trust comes from, trust isn't about words. It's not about trust me. It's about deeds. For me to trust me, for me to trust others, um, for me to trust myself, this can't be a one-off thing. I get the feeling of trust by the fact that it's reliable, that if somebody commits to doing something, even if it's I commit to doing something for myself, again and again and again, it just feels comfortable the more I do it. And it's through that reliability of action that we learn trust and that we earn trust. So how to go about getting there? Yes. And, you know, you have to find that instinct. And that instinct is very, it's that very still voice. It's that very quiet voice. And so to hear it, first you have to shed all the noise. And you need to exist in the present moment because the noise comes from everywhere else. It comes from the past and it comes from the future. Um, Worrying about those things, those things that I can't touch. So I need to be able to exist in this immediate moment and let go of everything else. And I need to let go of uh, preconceptions and prejudgments I have on everything and just allow things to be. It's very hard to do initially, and then it becomes its own instinct. Mm-hmm. You realize that you're prejudging a situation. You say, okay, I'll do that later. For now, I'm just going to allow it to be. Yes. And in that present moment, in that absence of preconception and prejudgment, you can make decisions from instinct, and then you can look for the evidence to support your instinct. You know, you, when we were talking about this, um, what we would talk about today, um, this is such a natural flow from the work that you and I do with Reiki and teaching Reiki. We did that um, uh, program a few months ago about the Reiki principles and how they provide a, a guidance for getting in the flow, getting into integrity with ourselves. And so it's so simple in the Reiki scheme of things, those five simple steps, and we can cover them briefly here, but if your listeners are interested, there's a whole program that they can find on your website that you and I discussed, and I would recommend that. But the, the Reiki principles really provide you a path to being in integrity with yourself. And I love the way Reiki works. It, it says... Yes, yes, of course, we all want to go off and heal the world. But it starts by healing yourself. Absolutely. And so to find that healing of self, we have to uh, really stand separate from our daily lives. And just for a moment, 
in Reiki, we say just for today, but that might be just for this moment that I'm doing Reiki. Just for the 10 minutes before I fall asleep at night, or just for the time after I push the snooze button and I really don't want to get up in the mornings. And I do this every morning, actually, I have to admit. <laughs> I find an excuse to stay in bed for another 10 minutes, and my excuse is a good one. I'm going to do Reiki, I'm awake, and I'm going to quietly sit, and for that live, for those 10 minutes, and I'm going to let go of everything. And the steps, as we reviewed before, are just for this moment, I'm going to shed all my worry and all my anger. I'm just going to put them on one side. And I'm actually going to be thankful for everything that got me to this point. Yes, not all of it was good. I, I was very fortunate. Not everybody was as fortunate as me. Some of us had good parenting and good teachers and good peers. But we all had good and bad in varying amounts. And everybody who got us to this point, who guided us, who programmed us, um, they were doing their best. It might or might not have been good enough, but they got us here. So we should at least be thankful that we're here in this safe place, whether you're practicing it in bed or in a quiet place. Just for these five, ten minutes, an hour, I'm in a safe place. I can let go of all the anger and all the worry. Yes. I can be thankful for how I got here and, and the people who got me here. And I can be in integrity with myself so that everything I do, everything I think, everything I'm going to write, everything I'm going to say is my truth. And I will be diligent in my work and I will, will honour myself by an absence of making up stories about myself. I'm just going to be who I am. And if you spend enough time in this space without anger, without fear, in thankfulness, thinking and working diligently. Now, you can go out and spread that thought beyond you into the things that you don't touch. Yes. And that's how Reiki works. But the result of that is it helps you discard noise. And it helps you exist in the present. And it helps you develop an integrity in yourself. And from that integrity, you can start to trust self because you're being honest with yourself and not only with yourself but when you've learned to be in integrity and to beginning to trust yourself then beyond yourself and of course we can all fail we fail all the time it's inevitable you can't always get everything perfectly right but I realize in my own a path in doing this work that when you're coming from that point of integrity, of honesty of truthfulness in who you are then you also know that that failure was not intentional that it's a, a sin of omission something I didn't do or it's an inability for me to have seen the consequences of what I did or it's beyond my capacity to do even though I thought it was but it was not an intentional misuse of my thought processes. I just failed. And in failing, I will cause a disturbance. Uh, in my use of English from London, we call it a wobble. 
I'm told that a wobble isn't generally used as a term in America, but it will cause a disturbance. If if something goes wrong, doesn't go as you planned, it will cause a wobble, a weeble wobble, you know, like a teeter-totter. Yes. That, though, if it's on the right path, it will decay back into that zone of comfort. But if that disturbance, if that wobble leads to a bigger wobble, uh, then something else is going on and you're not in that state of integrity. So you can see a disturbance because you've got something wrong will naturally decay back to comfort. And if it spins out of control, then you weren't in the right place. And we don't really spend enough time in the in that present moment. We actually spend far too much time in the past. Yes. Or too much time in the future. I don't know about you, but if I'm not practicing Reiki, I'm always thinking about things I haven't done or things yes. I have I have to do. Yes. And there's so much noise then. If I'm stuck in the past, I can hear the noise because I can hear it in my head going, if only I had done something or yes. handled something differently or if only I'd called if, if I'd been there, those if-onlys, they're a waste of time. You can't. You can't change the past. But we spend so much time in it. And in the future, that endless loop of the future where we're continuously rehearsing for something that hasn't happened yet. Yes. And imagining it. And I can't do anything about it. it it's not time. The only point at which I can make any change is uh, now, right at this moment. Uh, the only moment I can act is this moment and this one. Oh, I missed it again. Now I can act. I, yes. It's only in the now. And the funny thing is that we spend all that time in the past unable to change it or in the future unable to change it. And that powerlessness is what generates anxiety. We're not able to have power except in the present. And in the present, we have total power. Oh, absolutely, yes. In the past, That's where our future, power lies. Exactly. There is no ability to change power. So stop worrying about things that were missed opportunities. There's nothing you can do about them. And don't worry about making perfect solution, perfect decisions. There is no perfect solution. There's the decision you can make now, and you make it to the very best of your ability. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about it in terms of Reiki, but you know, if you study mindfulness, that's only the latest iteration, the modern idea of live in the present and allow things to be. Yes. Uh, it goes back into ancient teachings all over. And Reiki comes from that ancient Chinese tradition that comes through the Japanese and perhaps the Tibetan but it leads to Reiki, and it says in a nutshell, be present and let things be. Making a decision, realizing that you can rely on that decision, that's what leads to trust. Be present, let go of judgment of making a good or a bad decision, and I want to cover that more when we come back after the break, but just make a decision and allow it to be and follow it without judgment. So really it's about accept, forgive, move on. If you've made a mistake, you'll get a chance to do it again.
I love that. And I, and I love you mentioning honor ourselves because so many times we don't do that because we're busy looking at the past and right. what we, I could have done better. We beat ourselves up. Yes, instead yeah. of taking a moment to honor ourselves. When I, li- when I worked full-time in high-tech, there was a vice president who had a, an office just down the corridor from me, and he had a sign on the door which said, ah, I will give you a decision. If you walk through my door, I'll give you a decision immediately. And if you asked him, how, how do you know you'll be able to give him, make a decision that quickly? He said, because if I'm wrong, you'll be back soon enough. So, you know, I think that's right. It's like, if you don't make a decision, nothing's going to happen. If you make a decision, make the best one you possibly can and course correct. Yes. At the next moment. Yes. And be proud of yourself and love yourself that you made the effort to make the best decision that, that you thought you were making. That's all we can do is our best. Right, and what I want to talk about is what does best mean? Does it mean perfect? Because perfect's so difficult to achieve. Yes. But best isn't. It's just the best you can possibly do for now. Yes, absolutely. Well, when we come back from commercial, Michael, let's, let's go more into that. Everyone, we're going to pop out for a few minutes Please stay tuned. Michael and I will be right back. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Paula Vale of For the Love of Reiki has an exciting offer for you. However you may know of Paula, you now have the means of exposing your business through Paula's massive following. Starting at a very conservative $29.99 a month, you can advertise your products and services on Paula's directory. Ask about the priority listing and see what additional perks you can take advantage of. Act immediately to be exposed to millions. To apply, go to lovereikiradio.com and look for the practitioner directory sign-up page. Again, that's lovereikiradio.com. Are you ready to experience the wonderful healing benefits of Reiki? Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki, one of the top shows on Voice America's health and wellness channel, has put together the Love of Reiki Practitioner Directory. It is a growing list of practitioners and teachers of Reiki and other healing modalities. Go to lovereikiradio.com to search for a practitioner or teacher in your area, as well as products and materials from around the world. Again, that's lovereikiradio.com. Hi, I'm Kristen Eichel. Join Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki and I, along with millions of other Reiki and energy healers worldwide, as we create the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife. Beginning from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. this Saturday and the third Saturday of every month in your time zone, this healing wave of prayer and positive energy will ripple around the planet, creating a 24-hour wave of Reiki, love, and healing to all the members of the animal kingdom. Animals feed us, they clothe us, they comfort us, and inspire us. We live with them in our homes and in our communities, and we send this healing wave of light to them to express our gratefulness to them for their gifts to all humanity. Please join with us as we create a new movement of Reiki energy with the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Write to Paula to share your thoughts and experiences with Reiki. Paula at wellnessinspired.com. 
You're listening to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. We would love to hear about your Reiki stories as well as your questions about Reiki. Paula will answer questions and share stories on the show. Please send an email to Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Again, that's Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Now, back to For the Love of Reiki. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I am here with Michael Emanuel, and we are discussing the power of trust. And, Michael, you you just mentioned we were discussing how uh, doing our best doesn't mean perfect or, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about that. Um, Yeah, this is a this is an interesting um, topic, because how can you know what perfect is? You're not in possession of absolutely everything you need to know. You only know what you know. Yes. And, you know, we talked about the two aspects, and this is what I want to peel back to get to the answer to that. In the, in the previous section that we were talking about, uh, you know, there's two aspects to being able to hear that inner voice and to learn how to trust yourself. There's getting to a state of being, and there are many ways to do that, from mindfulness we talked about and, and Reiki. You get to that state of being in the present and shedding the past and the future, just for now, just being present. And then this idea of, um, it's called non-duality, that sense of allowing everything to just be. Non-duality is about allowing. It's hard to explain non-duality. It's much easier to explain duality. Duality is something we do all the time when we judge. Everything is good or bad, black or white. Right. And the essence of non-duality is you can't have a perfect score on this, that everything has attributes of everything. That in non-duality, the absence of the being and absolutely perfect and absolutely not perfect, is that everything is a combination of the whole. You know, in Chinese philosophy, it's yin and yang, that they both exist, and it's about the distribution of each. So if something is presents itself, accept it for what it is. And if a decision has to be made, let's make the optimal decision being present and being in that state of being. And it occurs to me that if you think about it, an awful lot of pain comes from the judgment of preferring something that isn't, something that wasn't, that goes back to the if onlys, and that creates pain. It can, emotional exactly. pain. Exactly, yes. Physical pain. Yes. I think in one of the sessions you and I did, I talked about a, uh, um, a physical pain that I managed of myself when uh, one day I was uh, trying to iron a shirt rather hurriedly and one moment I was ironing and the next moment the iron was flying through the air and I didn't want it to break so I caught it midair, <laughs> which I was very proud of myself. Oh. The, the mistake I made was to clutch it to my chest. Oh no! And uh, so I'd now caught it and I didn't oh. want to break it now so I set it down very gently and I clutched my chest and I fell backwards onto the chair behind me. And indeed, there was a perfect shape of the soul plate, complete with the steam holes 
Wow. And, and that actually existed with me for about three months before it, it went. And I, as I clutched my chest, I had a, a massive realization. I had a lot of pain, I have to say, but I also had a massive realization, yes. which was I, I can tolerate this. And it's going to get worse, perhaps for the next five to ten minutes. And it will be very painful for the next hour. But if I can get through this, it won't be as bad for the next hour and, it, and the next. And I realized, I can do this. I just have to put up with it. And then that, what I've been classifying as pain, became an experience. It became a sensation. It, and I dissociated the word pain, even the concept of pain, from simply the experience. It, yes, it was an experience I didn't want. But on those if-only bases we were just talking about, I had no choice on that. This is what I now had. I also had an iron if I ever wanted to iron again. So that was the yes. plus side. The bad side was I was having this experience. But it went away. Yes. And I was fascinated how once I released the concept of pain from the feeling I was having, that feeling actually didn't hurt as much. It was just about tolerable. And that's something we could take into so many situations. Yes. Where I'm at this moment, I am in this pain. I am feeling what I'm feeling. But in an hour, that pain will be lessened. Right. In a month, that pain will be lessened. Yes. And I'd also say yes. that pain I'm feeling now, is it pain caused by what I am doing now? Or is it the pain of a memory of something that I can't shift that's repeating itself in the now? Yes. And that this is just another experience. It's not the same experience. So again, letting go of the past and the future and existing in the present, the, the answer may be the same, but the decision you, the, the decision you make is, is based on what you're, what's happening to you now, your experience of the now, and allowing it to be without judgment and making your decision based on that now. Yeah. Yes. And that's neither best nor worst. It's optimal. Yes. And optimal is not perfection. It's just the best of all possible options for now. You know, I was fascinated. I, I, I love words and language. And I was looking up the origin of optimism and optimal. And I have to say, I didn't realize this, but it's, uh, it's a made-up term. It was made up by, um, by Gottfried Leibniz in the early 1700s. He was a German philosopher of the Enlightenment. And he was arguing that, he was taking a religious argument, he was saying that the universe must be the best possible universe that God could have created because God must be perfect. So God must have created the best of all possible universes, which doesn't mean a perfect one. Right. It means the most good and the least evil. And he came up with the term um, optimus, well, optimum, he used modern language, uh, as the greatest, for the greatest good. And when I teach Reiki, I talk about offering energy for the greatest good. Yeah. I don't have a say in it. Um, it comes from the, uh, the Latin of optimus, which means the best. The best. And I, I think this is, uh, a lot of people made fun of him. The, the best of, if this is the best of all possible universes, 
and Voltaire and people who followed him uh, uh, satirized him with um, Candide, uh, the best of all possible worlds. And later on, it was actually, and I love this, because what um, Leibniz had come up with was non-duality again. It was, this is the best of all possible options with the least bad and the most good. Non-duality, yin and yang. And then about 80 years later, along comes Samuel Coleridge Taylor, who says, well, the opposite of optimism is pessimism. And now we've got duality again. Yes. There's the good optimism and there's the pessimism. (laughs) And, of course, the 19th century philosophers like Schopenhauer and people like that start to dwell on pessimism. But for a while, anyway, there was only optimal. There was no opposite to it because it was everything. Yes. So accepting the decisions that we make are optimal. If we're living in that fertile ground of being in the present, that leads to trust. And it's really about trusting ourselves. I mean, why do we think we can trust others if we're not even prepared to trust ourselves? Good question. Oh, my goodness. And then you yes. move. Don't, don't just think you're trusting yourself. It isn't about thinking you trust yourself. That's not the same as trusting yourself. And if you're not sure of the difference, try it on an animal. <laughs> try it on a child who you love because they'll spot when you're not in integrity with yourself. I... I had a wonderful uh, experience a few months ago. Um, I'm not particular. I've never been into horses, but I went on a, a, a healing day with horses. Uh, they were healing me, not the other way around. Yes. And it was fascinating to see a, a horse is a is a herding instrument that wants to follow a leader, but they'll only follow someone who's in integrity with themselves, yes. and they have no um, prejudgment. And they live in the present. And so you get it wrong, they ignore you. You get it right, they follow you. As soon as you fall out of an integrity with yourself, they go back to licking their hooves. But the moment you line up your intention with your truth, with your body language, with your intention from your heart, it's extraordinary. They have one of their ears, the one nearest you, pivots like a radar it's like it's tracking you and that feedback loop if anybody ever has a chance to to work with horses uh not to ride them or or to own them to um to subjugate them but just to work alongside on a peer-to-peer basis it is the most rewarding experience they read us they read us And, and the lovely thing is because they don't judge us accept us for who we are in this moment. Yes. Now, I'm sure you can do it with the dog, but the dog is always going to want to like you anyway. And you can do it with a cat, and you're probably on your own with a cat. Yes, yes. But a horse is the perfect yes. <laughs> balance between the two. Yes. So you can see whether or not you're in integrity with yourself. If you work with a, a young child, they'll call, your, they'll call you on it if you're, if you're not in integrity with yourself, as will a horse and possibly a dog. Yes. And your harshest critic will be your cat. And my own path, what started me on my own journey back in I don't know, the 
about 1996, 1997, was um, a dear friend, and we were on a long walk, and notwithstanding what she asked me, she's still a dear friend. And she turned to me suddenly and she said, Michael, why do you think anybody else would like you if you don't like yourself? And that's a gut punch, but she was right. I despised myself enough and it was obvious to her that I didn't care for myself. But I wanted people to like me, but I didn't like myself. That's what started me on this journey. It was someone who had the honesty to turn around and point out the obvious failing in who I was. I was pretending to like people. I was pretending, I did like people, but I was pretending to like myself and she could see it. Yes. And so my whole journey has taken a long time, but where I am now, I really do trust myself. I am in integrity with myself. And I can listen to that still small voice. Right, right. Um, which, um, it, for me, Reiki gave me that path. But there are so many paths, whether it's yoga or qigong, uh, tai chi, uh, a meditation, mindfulness. It doesn't matter. It's finding that still voice. And knowing that each decision we make will impact absolutely everything that follows. And that sounds really scary, and yet we have to do it. You have to make a move. And anyway, they're not all big decisions. It was just now, it was, shall I come here early or shall I stop for a Starbucks? Yes. Well, I really want a Starbucks, so I stop for a coffee. <laughs> um, and even the big decisions, very few of them require you to march over a cliff. Like that vice president I talked about, who I worked with in, in the previous uh, yes. part of this. If you've made an unwise decision, you nearly always get a redo. But it's not about regretting the decision you made. I made the decision, move on. Take the opportunity of the redo when the redo opportunity arises. I mean, let me try this thought on you. If I can change only the now, why do I obsess so much over what I can't change? And that is such a question. That is, is something we all deal with. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it resonates with me. Yes. <laughs> I think it resonates with almost everybody. Yes. yes. I know I can change the now, and yet I'm obsessed over all the other things yes. that I can't change. So it's about making a decision and not looking back, being okay with the decision. It was optimal at the time. It was, I was, yes. Yeah, see? Yes. And live in the moment and make the next decision. Yes. So don't doubt and don't second guess yourself. Anyway, you thought you had options, but you don't because your only two options anytime if you're living in the present is do nothing or do something. Right. Right? But doing nothing is a decision if you're living in the present. It's an active decision rather than a passive decision. And sometimes we use that as 
a means of I'm going to do nothing and see what happens. So whatever happens, I don't have to carry any any blame or any uh, consequence of that because I didn't do it. But right. when we are active and do something, we are creating something. Yes. I mean, our actions create what we bring into our lives. And every action we make impacts the next thing that happens. Absolutely, yes. And that's so even if we do nothing. So yes. doing nothing still it's, results in yes. an impact on what follows. Yes. Um, I have to make a decision. Um, but actually there's something to, be re- to realize, which is maybe there's something that needs to be done, but this isn't the right time. So, shelve it. Remember that it's a decision you have to make, but also give yourself, um, in the honesty and the integrity in which you're in, the chance to say, yes, but not now. Because um, I like that. Einstein had a lovely comment about time. He said the only reason for time is so that everything doesn't happen all at once. (laughs) I love that. And so you don't have... Because something needs to happen, it doesn't have to happen now. You'll know when it has to happen. Um, I don't know if you've you've found that in experiences that you've had. Um, I remember once taking a very long walk before it was pretty much um, 11 years ago, almost to the day. Um, I realized one of the things I needed to do as I took the long walk, I had a made a list of things that needed to change. I didn't know how they were going to change. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just wanted to be taking that walk a year later yes. with the change having been made. Yes. And by making that realization, uh, two of the things that were the biggest hurdles for me, I couldn't think how to change them. There was an instant, just a moment, when I could... I realized this is the moment I have to I have to make a decision. I have to go with this. Yes. And you don't hesitate. Because I knew I had to do it, because I'd shelved it, but I knew this was the moment. I didn't know where it was going to end up, but I knew this was the moment that I had to make a decision. So instead of hesitating, I said, now's the time I make this decision. I don't know where it goes, but I have to step off at this point and see and allow the universe to support what follows. And all the decisions that followed worked perfectly. So in both cases, these massive decisions I had to make ended up a year later with me taking the walk, being thankful. And I think how many times, far more times, I have made a mistake of not acting because I was thinking, ah, that was the moment, too late. Too late. Mm. And I, I hesitated. And often they don't, you don't get a chance at that moment to say, whoops. Yes. <laughs> it's like, it's just too late. But if you know your mind, when that moment arrives, you don't hesitate, you step off. You step off and take that, take that step. Oh, Michael, thank you. This, this is so fascinating. I love this. Well, I, we must pop into another commercial. Okay. Everyone, we will be right back. Paula Vale of For the Love of Reiki has an exciting offer for you. 
However you may know of Paula, you now have the means of exposing your business through Paula's massive following. Starting at a very conservative $29.99 a month, you can advertise your products and services on Paula's directory. Ask about the priority listing and see what additional perks you can take advantage of. Act immediately to be exposed to millions. To apply, go to lovereikiradio.com and look for the practitioner directory sign-up page. Again, that's lovereikiradio.com. Are you ready to experience the wonderful healing benefits of Reiki? Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki, one of the top shows on Voice America's health and wellness channel, has put together the Love of Reiki Practitioner Directory. It is a growing list of practitioners and teachers of Reiki and other healing modalities. Go to lovereikiradio.com to search for a practitioner or teacher in your area, as well as products and materials from around the world. Again, that's lovereikiradio.com. Hi, I'm Kristen Eichel. Join Paula Vale, host of For the Love of Reiki and I, along with millions of other Reiki and energy healers worldwide, as we create the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife beginning from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. this Saturday and the third Saturday of every month in your time zone. This healing wave of prayer and positive energy will ripple around the planet, creating a 24-hour wave of Reiki, love, and healing to all the members of the animal kingdom. Animals feed us. They clothe us. They comfort us and inspire us. We live with them in our homes and in our communities, and we send this healing wave of light to them to express our gratefulness to them for their gifts to all humanity. Please join with us as we create a new movement of Reiki energy with the World Reiki Circle for Wildlife this Saturday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Write to Paula to share your thoughts and experiences with Reiki. Paula at wellnessinspired.com. You're listening to For the Love of Reiki with Paula Vale. We would love to hear about your Reiki stories as well as your questions about Reiki. Paula will answer questions and share stories on the show. Please send an email to Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Again, that's Paula at wellnessinspired.com. Now, back to For the Love of Reiki. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I am here with Michael Emanuel, and we are discussing trust, honoring ourselves, so many things. And one one question, Michael, mm-hmm. when we make a positive um, step, how do we really know that's a positive step, that we're making the right decision? I mean, okay. so many... That's- Doubts can come in, or uncertainty. Yes, yes. Well, uh, I'll give you two um, two useful rules of thumb here. Well, one's a rule of thumb, and one's a kind of direction. You can know if you're following your instinct simply by the way you voice how you uh, are expressing this to yourself. I know we've covered this in the past, but you can hear how you address should I make this decision? And if the answer back is, I should make this decision, I could make this decision, if you make those kind of conditional statements, that's your rational mind speaking. You can hear your, uh, your instinct because the answer is always, 
I want to, I need to, I have to. They're emphatic. In other words, I can tell my instinct because it always ends up as I need to do this. Now, in other words, that might be a need because I want to or because I have to, I have an obligation. But if I hear, mm, I, I should do that. Can you hear the difference? That's your rational mind. Yes. I, I need to do this. It might not be the, the easy path, but I need to do this. But if you're making all these decisions and you're always making them in the present moment, you know, go left, go right, um, it's like a drunken walk. How, how do you have any direction to this? I'll go a bit to the left, a bit to the right. I want to do this now. I need to do this now. And, and here, a, a useful tool, rather than a, a rule of thumb, a useful tool is something that I use when I'm helping businesses create strategies. Because an awful lot of people get confused between strategy and tactics. Um, they tend to be used interchangeably. But they're hugely different. And in life, I would recommend this. As you stand in the present, Set yourself a goal, a long, long-range goal. It's like a flag that you place on the horizon. That's your direction. It's not, it's not a march to that. That's the direction you're heading in. And to some extent, you might know a few steps in that direction. You might know all the steps, but maybe you just know one step or two steps. That's your strategy for getting there. And when you're further along the path, you'll be able to lay additional stepping stones. It's not about knowing the full path. It's knowing about where to go next, knowing where that flag is. Nothing's set in stone. You can move the flag because conditions change, but that's what it is for now. Yes. If you know what direction you're going in and you know the path to that, that doesn't preclude you from enjoying every moment of being where you are now. Actually, it gives you this vital opportunity to be able to hear yourself go, I want to do this, or I need to do this, and realizing it's on a path to that flag, or it's not. Just because it isn't on a path to the flag, shouldn't you don't stop you doesn't stop you doing it. Do it. You know it's a detour, but it's a worthwhile detour. In business terms, it would be a tactic, perhaps, but it's a it's a meander, it's a detour from the path and you take that path and all of life will be different because you took that path but from where you are now having taken that path look at the world from that point you don't have to go back to the path you were on you do take stock of the flag from right. wherever you are to the left or the right of the path that you've originally on yes. and you say flags still in the right place no, i need to move the flag because of my experience and then you lay a new path. That's why there's no point necessarily in lining up all the way to the flag. That's point B. You may never get to point B, but you aim for it. So just take our one step at a time. Make a decision. Yes. Knowing what your objective is. Yes. Knowing whether or not the decision you're making is veering off course or staying on course. Do it anyway. Just yes. know that it's going to take you off your course if, it, if it's a detour. 
And that may influence your decision to do it or not. I want to do it, but I want this more. Yes. Or I want to do this and I think my flag's still over there. Do it. And when you've gone there, then remap. So you can make decisions in the moment without it being a random walk. And so I was fascinated when I realized this practice that I'd learned, I'd taught myself and I now teach others in business, actually works for life too. It almost works better in life than with strategies. Because, <laughs> uh, you don't have shareholders except yourself. <laughs> um, but just remember that should, could is your rational mind. You may still choose to do it, but no, that isn't your instinct talking. That's your rational mind talking, because if your instinct were talking, it would be emphatic. Yes. I need to do this, which means I have to do it or I want to do it. Yes. Now, here's a question. Mm -hmm. I have my flag, mm -hmm. but then things come into my life. And I've decided I'm going to create a different flag. Absolutely. It's, That's the point. It's okay. Yes. It's okay. Yeah. It, you know, it's okay if we change our path or change what we want that flag to be. Totally. I never expected to be in Seattle. And exactly. I didn't even enjoy being in Seattle for the first year of it because the work I was doing it seemed more like a prison sentence. And one day I took a day off, actually. A friend of mine said, you look dreadful, take a day off. And I went for a long walk in the Arboretum in Seattle. And I sat on what I now know as Michael's Bench. Aww. I looked out, it was, a, it was a February or March day, and I was looking across Lake Washington at the mountains, the Cascades, which were all covered in snow. And I was looking at this amazing sight, and I was thinking, wow, you live in the most beautiful place on Earth. Oh. And you're not enjoying it. What's wrong? Yes. And in an instant, I realized what was wrong. That was the, I was living in the, in the moment at that moment. Yes. And that inner voice said, because you're always aiming for point B. And do you know what? Point B may never happen. May never come. So if you don't take the blinders off and start enjoying life, it'll, you'll be at point B long before you know it, <laughs> and you won't have had a life. Yes. And you won't have had the joy getting there. Right. Exactly. The joy is the journey. Yes. Point B is exactly. the flag that gives me some sense of direction, but to your point, move it. If it doesn't suit, it's suited yes. before, but that's the past. Yes. If it suits now, keep following it. Because and when we trust, when we bring in that power of trust, things can manifest that we had not even dreamed right. of. Right, you're doggedly holding on to something that doesn't serve yes. you. Yes. And and yes. Right. So this concept of trust that we're talking about here, these simple rules of how we can work with, on ourselves, that leads to a confidence in ourselves. And it gives us this ability to reject ideas that don't fit And like we touched on, the path that we may be taking, because we're following our intuition, our trusting ourselves, it may be a far more arduous path. It may be a much longer path. We always want to take the shortcut. 
But the shortcut so often doesn't work and we still have to go back on the longer route. So why not take the route you were you knew you had to do in the first place? And that's taken me years. But now I do follow that. And you no, know, life isn't perfect, but life is optimal. And you know and this is my path, it's not someone else's. And how often though do we believe someone else? Because they seem so sure. And we trust them because we can't hold our own ground. Yes. And that's what deviates us from our own truth, from our own path. We follow their path because they're stronger than we are. Yes. And they don't necessarily mean to impose, but they do. And the more we can shed what doesn't serve us, the stronger we become. Yes. And the easier it is for us to reject the thoughts that others pose on ourselves that feel wrong. Yes. Um, so becoming more aware and more confident just makes it easier for us. It allows us to accept others' ideas that feel right. It allows us to reject others' ideas where they're imposing on us because we know it feels wrong. And the natural result of all of this is that we become more aware, we become more confident in, our, confident in ourselves. And it starts to be okay to be ourselves. We may even start to like ourselves. But here's the gotcha in all of this, and I think this is worth touching on. I know we have a few minutes left, I believe. Yes, yeah. Um, as we build our... Co- our our, our liking of ourselves, our trust in ourselves, we build and hone our confidence. And as we build our confidence, we build our egos too. And that's good. Ego is a good thing. Ego is what makes us an individual. But it's also too easy for our egos to impose our views on other people. We become that person by our own confidence that yes. starts to be the person, if we're not careful, who, who makes other people trust us. Yes. So... Um, now we're good at discerning what's optimal for ourselves, we may start to think we know what's optimal for other people. But optimal for ourselves is our truth, and optimal for them is their truth and not our view of their truth. Absolutely. So that's not trust. That's an abuse of trust. You're doing the same thing to someone else that they might have done to you once. And this can result, eventually, if you do this to someone, you will disempower them and you will make them dependent on you. But this is the value of making decisions in the present and viewing everything through that lens of non-duality because it helps us build confidence with humility. Increasing the confidence exposes our danger and moves us away from non-duality. But if we go from saying just is to accepting that our is is better than their is, now we're in danger. It, it's, unfortunately, it's the human condition to think this way, that yes. suddenly we've got the answers. Um, but the path we're exploring here, if we just kind of back, uh, recap everything we've talked about, it's about um, shedding the noise to find our inner voice. 
and then um, living in the present and aligning, aligning with our integrity. And through our integrity, we find trust. And from trust, we build confidence. And with confidence, we build humility. Uh, we, we, sorry, we build ego. And it's from our integrity that we balance that ego with our humility. And all this will result in change, change in our lives and change. Some people will drift from us in this way because it won't suit them. As we lift our vibration into this alignment with ourselves, we'll find that some people won't like it. So in doing this work, you have to accept change. But my experience... My experience with my clients is how incredibly um, wonderful that change is. Yes. Seeing that raise. Oh, Michael, this has been so inspiring and so informative. Thank you so much. As we have to say goodbye, but I just am so honored to have you here. and It's a pleasure to be with you again. Share you thank with you. the world. And a big thank you to all of our listeners out there in the U.S. and around the world. We are grateful to have you with us today. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning into For the Love of Reiki. Please join your host, Paula Vale, again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel to learn more about your better health.